This is a Hot Pie Media original. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. H-E-L-P. Help. Better help. Now, is there something that's interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? You know, everybody who listens to Stop Self-Sabotage has something that they want for themselves that they are not getting because they feel that they're frustrated or they wouldn't be listening. They want more. And personally, when I first became a therapist, I went into therapy because I was so hurt in an emotional relationship. And I wanted to repair that. And BetterHelp is a place that you can do just that for yourself. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. Better help is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists as needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. One of them is Anthony wrote, Karen is great. She's attentive, gives great advice, and really makes you think about your issues so you can resolve them in a fashion where you are comfortable. Visit betterhelp.com slash SSS. That's better H-E-L-P. And join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp, they are now recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. We have a special offer for you. For Stop Self-Sabotage listeners, you get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash SSS. As a therapist myself, I can't recommend them more sincerely. Go online, talk to them. They will be very attentive to your needs and they will get you the help you want. Hello, Kathleen. I am with Kathleen Wood, and we are talking about your brand new book. Introduce yourself to my listeners, please. And well, sure. And Pat, thank you so much for the opportunity to be on your show today. And truly, thank you so much for everything you're doing to help people. This is such an important time for people to, you know, get the help and know that there's positive influences out there to help everyone in their journey. So thank you for everything you do. Thank you. And the opportunity to be here. You, you know, as you mentioned, my name is Kathleen Wood. I founded my own cleverly named company, Kathleen Wood Partners. We did a lot of brand marketing on that and came back with the decision that that was probably the best name for us. And Mm -hmm. Kathleen Wood Partners is really a growth strategy consulting firm. And we work with small businesses that want to grow into big businesses. We work with great people that want to do great things with their business. And we specialize in the areas of growth strategy planning, business optimization, 
brand competitiveness and leadership development. Our, our clients range the entire spectrum from hospitality to food service to uh, healthcare, retail, professional services, and pretty much everything in between. And I'm really excited to be here today to talk about my newest book, you know, Founderology, which is uh, just came out two weeks there ago. So go. thank you so Founderology. much for the opportunity. I to bring love it on. that. You know, it takes, I always say it takes founder to know a founder. So in addition to founding Mm -hmm. Kathleen Wood Partners, I'm also the co-founder of Suzy Swirl, a frozen dessert company that I co-founded with my sister almost 10 years ago. And today you find me right behind us with our love of sprinkles (laughs) wall and uh, super excited to be here. Good. So tell me, why did you write the book? You know, for the last 20 years, I've been very fortunate to work with amazing founders. And the way I define a founder is it's an entrepreneur, a small business owner, a franchisor, a franchisee, or even an executive with an entrepreneurial mindset. And as I've worked with these very brilliant people, I found myself many a time being the translator between their vision of how they saw the world and the employee's reality of how that vision got defined. And so oftentimes I was translating founder's vision to employee's reality, employee's reality to founder's adjustment to their vision. And I thought, you know, as we're going through the pandemic that I was like, you know, this is my time. This is my time to take all those conversations I've been having for years and be able to put it into a and the ultimate employee handbooks so that employees could actually have something to help them, you know, be to thrive, succeed and grow in these very entrepreneurial led businesses. Isn't that fascinating? Because, you know, uh, every book I see in the business category is about entrepreneurs, start your own business, be a leader. Da, 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 da. I don't see one about how to cope with those founders. How in the heck do you <laughs> deal with them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And as we know, entrepreneurs can be a pain in the the patoozy. (laughs) Well, they're definitely, you know, they're definitely a unique breed and of themselves. So if you really have never seen one before or worked one with other before, sometimes you don't know who's winning, who's losing or what direction anything's going. So (laughs) I really like you, Pat, I saw all these leadership books and I'm like, where is the quintessential book for the employee though? Because if the employee had a book, you know, then we can level the playing field and all boats would rise together. So I'm that. super excited about the book coming out. Yeah, for sure. And um, and it's coming out. You said, did it, has it come out already? It, or? it has. We rolled it out on uh, September 17th. So it's available. People can go on my website. It should be on Amazon in a couple of weeks. So super Yay. excited. I've already got hundreds of books out to people already. And the the early responses are very, very positive. Oh, wonderful. So how do you create a win, win, win scenario within, within the workplace? How does you know, that, how does that work? A win, yeah, win. In my world, when I think about win, 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 right? Who's has to win. I think that the founder has to win. The employee has to win. The business ultimately has to win. And if we do that right, the customer is the beneficiary of all of that. And what I have found in my consulting practice over the last several years is the fact that where the struggle really is, is around this concept of clarity and alignment. When I talk to people, they're like, I like, do you really think you've got clarity and alignment from the from the top to the front line? Everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah. We don't need to spend any time on clarity. Everybody knows what the business we're in. I'm like, okay, totally get that. But the real reality of it is, is when there isn't crystal clear clarity around a shared vision and when there isn't 
crystal clear clarity around and alignment around the process for how we're going to fulfill that vision. That is where all of the win, lose, lose, win, and all of that falls into the gaps in between. So, so in my mind, it's always mind, about clarity alignment. Okay. So help me here. I'm going to just going to play, play dumb. Tell me what you mean by clarity. So, so here's a great illustration. Um, you know, I'll, I'll put it back into um, a very simple terms, right? You have a team and you say to the team, hey, look, team, we have to win our sales today. So get out there, do everything possible to win sales today because we need those sales. Okay. And everyone will say, we're very clear. What do we have to accomplish? Well, we have to win sales today. Super clear on that. All right. Then where is the clarity and alignment on how we're actually going to make that happen? So I take 10 people, I tell them to all go out and win sales. And I've got one going this way, one going that way, one going this way. And at the end of the day, the leader says, my team didn't, my team sort of accomplished a few things. They didn't accomplish. And some of these people got nothing done. And the employees are like, I worked all day so dang hard. I don't know why I didn't produce the results. And all I know is my leader's not happy with me. And that's where that breakdown of crystal clear clarity and kind of having a concept of clarity creates a big gap in, you know, vision and execution. Yeah. So so it goes to vision and execution after you get clarity and alignment, then you have to execute it, like you said. And um, and how do people get in their own way with that? How do they self-sabotage? How do they make sure that they don't, um, you know, get what they want? If I take it from the employee perspective, I never think an employee is intentionally coming into work to sabotage the business today. But inadvertently, it occurs because sometimes the employee um, does, you know, in a want and a desire not to let their leader down will go along with it, uh, even if they don't understand it. Right. Mm -hmm. So what I tend to say to employees is like, look, here's the thing. First, you have to kind of go with Stephen Covey. Seek to understand before you understood. So do three key things. One, ask questions for clarity. Ask questions of how this is going to happen. You know, two, if you really don't know how to do it, then please raise your hand and, you know, uh, be honest and say, I just don't know how we're going to get this done or I don't yeah. know what my role is. Right. And then the third one is, is just don't assume that you're the only one that doesn't know what's going on. Potentially, and most times, most often, <laughs> somebody else doesn't know what's going on either. But because we think we're the only one, we don't want to be that one person to raise yeah. our hand. Yeah, good point. You know, I think the world would be a better place if people raised their hands more frequently. Well, it, good point. Um, my daughter is um, an executive VP at iHeartMedia. Oh, she, nice. She's always saying, would they, she just wants people to tell her. She just wants them to be honest, you know, Right. they don't have to keep her happy. She may not be happy. They don't have to, you know, make her love them. They just need to tell her the truth. But we as people, we, a lot of us want to be approved of. We don't want to piss off our boss. All the reasons that we withhold, that we don't approach, um, well, clarity or raising our hands. And uh, right. what do you think we should do about that? Well, I think part of it comes back to some responsibility on the leader side, on the leader side of the equation, right? So I always think about founders, you know, they want great results, but they don't like to have a lot of questions asked 
of them. So, uh, because they're not the most detail-oriented person. Just do right? it. Yeah. I told you, just get out there, make it happen. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think for founders, they sabotage the whole system by not being as open to taking the questions, right. To really providing the direction that the employee is. So instead of seeing the employee as a nuisance, maybe see the employee as a person who's truly trying to do a great job and just doesn't know. So I think one, the response from the, the, leader is a key, key, key factor in this. You know, the second thing is, you know, I'm a founder too. And I wouldn't say that I was blessed with a lot of patience, but I have learned (laughs) to have patience because if I don't create a safe environment of trust where somebody can raise their hands and can expect a pretty consistent answer from me, you know, then I'm adding fuel to the fire too. So we have to be able to create that environment where it is safe for somebody to raise their hand. It is safe for somebody to be honest. And I think the third thing that all founders could do, which again, it's, uh, it's a little bit of a stretch, but it is like, Hey, sometimes why not write the plan down on a piece of paper and share it as opposed to keeping it in your head and parceling it out in pieces. Nobody knows how to drive somewhere without a map or a GPS. Well, no one can come into the workplace and read a founder's mind to understand what the path to success looks like. So I also think, you know, road mapping and planning is a really critical part that the founders and leaders can do to help employees be very successful. And to do that with the employees uh, or to do that and present it to the employees. So in my, in my world, I try to do a little bit of both. I really do think that leaders should set the strategy, but leaders and employees, you know, in my world, collaborate together to figure out that execution. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the old adage. If you involve me, I'm engaged. If I'm engaged, I get committed to it. When I get committed to it, I get passionate about it. So it doesn't cost a lot of money. It doesn't, you know, we don't have to, we're not developing the Magna Carta or anything. We just literally <laughs> try to get ourselves clear and aligned on a plan for all of us to be successful with. Yes, yes. And entrepreneurs um, tend to be the the visualizers. They tend to be the big vision people. And yeah. um, and I speak as an entrepreneur myself. And, <laughs> and you know, the, the fascinating thing I've I've had uh, that I've come in contact with is that when I've said something to someone who's working for me or with me, and then I, you know, I think I've been clear, right? And then I see what <laughs> garbage I get back. And I know... I know it. Part of that is on me because somehow I didn't clarify what I really wanted them to do because they did their best, but they gave me this heap of stuff, and I'm going, "Oh my," you know. And I know that I mean it's obviously not what I wanted, not what I intended, but my communication was going like this because I got what they thought I wanted. So yeah. how do we how do we straighten that one out? Because yeah, I, I think I'm doing it clear. Right, right. You know, one of the things that I, um, you know, I write about this in my book, and I would tell you that the Susie Swirl staff would probably give antidotes very similar to yours too, Pat, you know, where <laughs> I think I'm super clear too. And then when I get, I'm like, what is, what is happening right now, you know? <laughs> and um, so a couple of things that I always say to the, to the leaders in that role is that, you know, in our minds, it is always so crystal clear. Like we see it, you know, from beginning to end and everyone just giving us cheers and applause for the brilliance that has 
come from our mind and <laughs> then manifested into reality. Yeah. But I really think with employees, you know, as much as we want them to get enthusiastic and, you know, buy in on this, and we think we're so clear that everyone in today's workplace learns very differently. So I have uh, team members that learn by visuals. So I literally will draw the flow chart out. I have team members that really want to see a, a, a plan. What's the roadmap? So we'll draw out a calendar and we'll put the major milestones in there. And then I have some that really just want the narrative of what are the steps to make it happen. And it's not because they lack intellectual horsepower. It's not because they're not brilliant. They're absolutely all of the above. But because we all learn differently, I think it's incumbent on the founder or the leader at that point to translate into languages that everyone can understand. And to me, that helps so much with clarity. And I always hear from founders, do you really think I should take that time and I have to spell it out? Yes, for some people, when you're talking about a very big project, yes, you actually do. Um, and for the employee at the same time, I'm like, look, while they are spelling it out, you are taking notes, you are recording it, you are taking all the information down and don't dismiss anything they're saying because they may never say it the same way a second time. So try to capture it the first time through. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I have a another friend who said, you know, sometimes entrepreneurs just need to um, know that not every idea is a great idea. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to actualize every idea that comes through your head because some of yeah. these visionary, and I know a bunch of them as you do, uh, some of these visual visionary people, I mean, are, I mean, they bubble up, they get in the morning and they have coffee and five ideas come out. I mean, it's like, Wow. Were yeah, I yeah. their employee, I would feel overwhelmed if every Monday morning they show up and they and they regurgitate their new five ideas that I'm supposed to implement. So how nicely would I say <laughs> to them, can we just have one little, you know, idea here? You know, Pat, it's as if you've read my book, because that's another chapter that I address in my book, the insatiable ideator, right? <laughs> they just constantly, and, and here's another thing, and here's another thing. And the uh, employee doesn't know, wow, is that a priority? Should I drop everything I'm doing? Is this, okay, we're not doing this anymore, so I should do this. And so the, all the decision-making is left to the employee on which direction they should run at that moment, right? So a couple of things that I try to bridge both the entrepreneur and the employee with is the idea of we'll take down all your ideas because you never know when an idea isn't going to be the one that changes the world. So either get a Google document or get a flip chart or everybody get a notebook. And every time that you're getting all these ideas, write them all down. Don't, don't, you know, show visual displays of listening so that your founder and entrepreneurial leader knows that you're hearing them. And then as it's all coming out, then circle back and say, okay, based on everything that we're doing, what are our priorities? And this is where it comes back to me for planning. When a, when a leader and a team has a plan and you're with an insatiable ideator, there's a document we can refer to. And we literally go, all right, this is what we've planned. Happy to add these new items to it, but what will we be dropping off? What will we be delaying? 
And as much as, you know, entrepreneurs and founders don't like to hear drop or delay, uh, a visual representation back to them says, oh my gosh, my, there's no way my team could possibly do this. Yeah, yeah. So I really believe in the power of prioritization because that also lends to clarity and alignment for both parties in the, in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So what, um, uh, it, what is it about the entrepreneurs and, uh, employee dynamic? You know, there's a dynamic that's going on here. I mean, yeah. are, are, are each group doomed to be frustrated by the other? <laughs> well, you know, uh, somebody asked me, Pat, this is such a great question. They said, why didn't you write that book for founders? And I'm like, because no founder would write a book that was, you know, to help them, right? They would want to buy the, you know, they they're like, how can they work better with their employees? But employees will write, will read a book that's great to help a founder. Because I think, you know, when you talk about that dynamic, in my mind, there's many things that make the founder and the entrepreneur and the employee very different. But yet when they have a common goal, a shared vision, they can use their superpowers to their advantage. But I think the distinct differences, you know, a couple of the key ones is that, you know, founders and entrepreneurs, they're driven by growth. They are very risk adverse and they're okay dealing with gray. They don't, they can, they can manage a lot in the gray. And when you think about a traditional employee, you know, they may, growth may appeal to them, but they don't want risk. They want predictability and they want to have some sense that if I come in two days in a row, it's going to be pretty close to how it was yesterday. So when you have one looking for stability and one looking for, you know, pedal to the metal, let's go. There's always going to be tension, right? Yeah. My goal with my book was to bring that tension, you know, lessen the tension, you know, lessen the gap by letting the employee better understand the mindset of the founder so they could stop spending time with anxiousness, anxiety, feeling overwhelmed and stressed out because they can't keep up with an insatiable ideator. Yeah. Well, what you, what you said about, uh, I think you meant that, um, Founders are risk, um, uh, not adverse, risk. Risk takers. Risk takers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And um, so, okay, I'm an employee. I come in. I have to manage this this, um, risk-taking visionary who has a new idea every 30 seconds and yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to make them mad. Um, but I also don't want to keep spinning my tail because I know yes. if I ch- chase this bunny, there's going to be another bunny tomorrow. Yeah. So how do I express that to them? What do I yes. say? So a couple of things that I suggest in my book, I always give what I call, you know, in, in my book, I'm like, find your sanity. So understand the mindset of the founder. Find your em- sanity. Find your sanity. <laughs> so embrace the embrace. So learn the mindset of the founder, right? The second tagline of my book is, you know, to really embrace your genius, to understand how much power you have to thrive, grow and succeed. And then the third part of it is love your journey. And I provide these start and stop tips that, you know, employees can use with their entrepreneurial founder boss so that, you know, they don't, uh, so they don't fall into that trap of, oh my gosh, it's never going to stop. This is always going to be the way it's going to be. I have no control. And I really do think that employees in a entrepreneurial founder led business 
they have a lot of control. They just don't realize how much control sometimes they actually have. So a couple of things that you can do. One is amplify your voice. You know, don't don't seek to understand. Don't attack the idea or don't attack the list, but try to understand the list relative to priorities. You know, like we talked about, raise your hand and ask questions. Even if you think it's annoying the founder, they would much rather answer your questions in the early stage than at the end. And then the third one, which a lot of people are like, are you kidding me? But I really do think this. If the founder is not going to present you with a plan, then listen to what the founder's saying, draft a plan, bring it to the founder as a way of seeking out feedback on, did I hear you right? Is this where you want to yeah, go? Is this is, where the priorities are? Because most important, pardon me? It makes good sense. Yeah. Most employees are sitting there waiting for the founder to give them the plan. And it's like, it's like waiting for us to find a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It's never happening. So take the, take the initiative because I really think that for an employee to work with founder is one of the greatest opportunities they'll ever have in their career. If, if they can find the ways to navigate the journey in a way that's positive and productive, it could also be one of the most frustrating things somebody does in their career because they're spending so much time going, why can't they be like this? Why can't they're never going to fit into a box, but we can learn to understand how to really learn, grow and succeed in the box together. Yeah. Nicely said, nicely said. And you're right. They're not going to be in a a box and, and the, for the employee side, it, there is something to learn there about being in control of yourself or in charge of yourself in a way that can be productive for the entrepreneur. You know, I mean, when I've worked with entrepreneurs and I work with a, a bunch of them, what I, what I find is sometimes when you just pop them on the head and say, stop, just take a minute here. Let's talk about it. That, you know, they kind of, you know, their yes. eyes, you know, their eyes get distorted and they go, okay, all right. And they like somebody meeting them at that level. They yes. respect it. They, they don't really want to run over you. It's just that they're so full of ideas and they're so full of, of the next, you know, bubble, bubble up. What did you call it? Insidious? No. Insatiable ideation. Insatiable ideation. I love that. <laughs> uh, so they're so full of it that they're just, you know, they're just off and on their tangent. But if somebody says, whoa, stop. I yes. need you to be with me in this moment. I need us to be clear. And I need to tell you my truth in this because so often the employee sees it much more accurately than the founder because they're, they're, they're in the, they're out there in the minefields, the founders, you know, calling the shots from the tent, you know, (laughs) go blow them up again, go get those (laughs) tanks out there, whatever. Right. Right. You know, that's why I think, you know, working for a founder, you can develop your own set of superpowers. I really think you can develop, you know, that's one of the things we teach, you know, in our family business to the young people that work for us. We want you to find your voice. 
We don't want you to just wait for us. We want you raising your hands. We want you engaged. We want you, you know, pushing for a plan. And, you know, and part of that is building those muscles because I think those same muscles that work in business also work in life. And, you know, and I think in a founder led organization, there is less of that bureaucratic hierarchy that would tell you, um, you know, these are some of our cultural norms and you're not allowed to do that. We're in a founder entrepreneurial business. Those bureaucratic like pillars aren't necessarily there. So there's more freedom to take if you understand that you, in fact, have the power to take the freedom. Right. And and the, the power that I see, and it's a mis, uh, misdirection of employees, is to bitch, moan, complain, and then at some point in time, leave. Yeah. But yeah. rarely take a stand in a, in a um, strong yet respectful way. Rarely. Maybe on the exit interview, it's, oh, by the way, let me tell you about you. And so, but that's not delivered in any kind of effective feedback way. That's no. And and at that point you're like reduced to the emotions of it. Right. And um, I used to call it the, the wishing, whining and waiting people, the three W's. I wish it was better. I'm whining that it's not better and I want it to be better. Okay. Well, while you're wishing, whining (laughs) and waiting, uh, you could have taken all that energy, written a plan, written a, you know, and again, a one page plan and presented it to find clarity and alignment so you could keep going. Because I'll tell you what, founders and entrepreneurial leaders take to people that raise their hand like duck to a water. They love people like that. They embrace people like that. And they give those and they give people like that so many opportunities to succeed and grow. Sure. And I, I really think that's one of the sure. unique opportunities that sometimes is overlooked because you know, you'll say it's bitching and moan. I'll say it's the three W's, but that yeah. just clouds yeah. the whole opportunity yeah. from being what it could be. Yeah, exactly. Well, great fun to talk to you. I mean, I, I wish you had a little bit more energy. I wish <laughs> <laughs> you too, Pat. I'm being, I'm being sarcastic, of course. Um, tell me more about the book. Hold up the book. Everybody go out and get the book. Here it is. So wow. here's the book. It's Founderology, right? And people can get Kathleen it at the Wood. very cleverly named website, kwoodpartners.com. Super simple. Um, and I really do think if you're a founder, an entrepreneurial leader, that this is a great book for you to kind of do some self-reflection with. Yes. If you're an employee working in one of those environments, this is your ultimate handbook to help yourselves, you know, learn, grow, thrive, and succeed. And at yes. the end of the day, you know, especially in today's world, when we all work together, you know, it brings harmony, it brings unity, and it helps us all bring the stress levels down in our lives. Exactly. And I think that that yeah. prevents a lot of self-sabotage. It does indeed. Thank you so much for being on. I've enjoyed you and much, much good wishes on your book. Thank well, you. Well, Pat, thank you so much. And again, thank you for the great work you're doing each and every day. Our world needs you and I'm thankful to be a part of it today. Oh, aren't you nice? Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.